Oh Lord, would you now open our ears and our hearts that we might hear the message of good news and that it might seep down into our souls. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, the congregation that I served prior to coming here to the Advent this summer is here in town. It's a Presbyterian church called Red Mountain. And they have a tradition there of singing this beautiful hymn called, I Am Jesus' Little Lamb. And they would sing it during baptisms, both adult and infant. But it was especially sweet with a little, the image of a little baby having water sprinkled over him or her. And hearing these words, listen to these lyrics. They would sing, For my shepherd gently guides me, knows my needs and well provides me, loves me every day the same, even calls me by my name. That song is so beautiful and it tells a story. And when I heard that, I was thinking, wow, this is an incredible thing to do at a baptism. But then I got the backstory. And how it came to be is there was an infant that was lost who died in that congregation. And the pastor sang that at that infant's funeral. And they now have a picture, a beautiful picture, with the lyrics of that song on it in the nursery. And it's a sense of community, identity, and connection. It's part of their overarching story of who they are as a people and God's care for them even in tragedy and loss. You see, background story to a song really helps to illuminate what it's about. And we're going to take a little bit of a VH1 behind the music look at Hannah's song here in 1 Samuel chapter 2. It tells a wonderful story. Hannah lived in a time right after the judges, towards the tail end of the judges. And the judges were leaders God put over his people because Israel had a song during that time. Their song went like this. Each did what was right in his own eyes. You could say they liked Frank Sinatra because they liked to do it my way. Israel, they were threatened on the outside by oppressive kings who wanted to seek to destroy them. But they were also threatened internally by syncretism, by combining their worship of Yahweh with false gods, with fertility deities and the like. And Hannah lived in this time, and she was the second wife of a man named Elkanah. And she was barren. The other wife, she bore a lot of children. But Hannah, it was her great shame that she did not have any. And in that culture, that was a place of deep pain and deep identity crisis because it was a very communal-oriented society. And she felt she had not offered her part. She was very lonely. And she came to the house of the Lord at Shiloh and, and prayed fervently for a son. And she prayed that if God would give her a son, she would dedicate him wholeheartedly to the Lord, to his service. Eli was the priest at that time, and Eli found Hannah praying, and she was praying with such fervency, with such passion, he thought she was drunk. It's funny how that happens in Scripture sometimes, when people are engaged in worship and they are thought to be drunk. Peter and the disciples in Acts 2 at Pentecost were accused of being drunk. But she said, no, I just want a son, and I'm weeping 
Eli said, go home, the Lord will give you as you ask. And her womb is opened, and she has a child, and she names him Samuel. And she brings him back to live and be raised by Eli in the house of the Lord. And Samuel is raised up to be a great prophet of God. He ends up anointing Israel's first king, Saul, and then the second king, the great king David. He was used by God for a special purpose. And so Hannah is praying in 1 Samuel 2, rejoicing with a song that she can't keep down of God's goodness and faithfulness to her. And her small story of having a child, of God delivering her, it is a story of Israel too, of all of God's people who, have, who are being delivered and cared for by the Lord. She speaks in this song of a reversal of fortunes. God has changed the game. Several places. In verse 4, the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who are weak find their strength, and those who once thought they were strong in themselves, they are brought down. It says the full are wanting, but the hungry, they become well fed. She talks in verse 5 of the barren has borne seven. Seven being a complete number. Wholeness, completeness. Hannah finds completeness in the Lord. She's fully satisfied by His goodness to her. She speaks of the poor being raised up but the rich being brought low. Just as we prayed earlier, let not the needy be forgotten, Lord, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. God's eye is on the lowly and the humble. And this is repeated in Jesus' own ministry in the Gospels when he speaks of the first are going to be last, and the last, they're going to be first in the kingdom of God. The economy of God's kingdom is different. Jesus spoke in paradoxes like this, saying, Come after me, take up your cross, and follow me. Because he who wants to save his life is going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. God is a God who rescues the needy from the ash heap. He crowns the mourning with a crown of beauty. God is that good, Hannah sings. She can't help but overflow at the wonder of God's redemption that he has brought. In this song, it changes keys throughout Scripture. And we hear other songs join Hannah's voice in the chorus. Mary and her great Magnificat in Luke 1. We will be reading that later in Advent. It's a beautiful song that parallels Hannah's own song here. Speaking of God helping the lowly and exalting them. And Him helping His people Israel. How he fills the hungry with good things and cares for them. Mary's song speaks of the cosmic redemption that is coming through Christ. That one day there would be a son who would come. Not Hannah's own son, but Mary's son. Who would bring redemption to the world. And so Jesus is God's highest song. He is the culmination of songs. Hebrews 1 calls Jesus the radiance of God's glory and the exact imprint of his nature as he upholds the universe by his mighty power. The pages of scripture, friends, are rustling with the song that Jesus Christ is Lord and this is good news. It does not come cheaply, however. 
It's not as cheap as just saying it because God did not withhold his very best. He gave his only son. And that came through a bloody sinner's death. One day, the Bible says, we will all be joining in singing a new song. Song at the wedding supper of the Lamb. Where we will be in His presence with the fullness of joy with all of those that God has redeemed. The rich and the poor. The lovely and the ugly. All together because God is good. It will join and echo the song Hannah sings. As she says in verse 8, The pillars of the earth are the Lord's. She goes on to talk about how God will crush his enemies. He will break them. All that is unjust and broken will be undone. This is the good news of the gospel. And good news is breaking in, Hannah sings. Our ears ought to pay attention. Because we live in a world, don't we, where the news is often regularly so, so bad. This ought to stand out to us even days after the horrific... ISIS attacks in Paris and in Beirut. Continual bad news that we expect when we turn on the television or get on the internet, don't we? Yet we can be stunned and even unprepared for what this good news Hannah's singing about can actually mean. That Emmanuel, God with us, that we are loved more immeasurably than we could ever dare to dream. That God meets us where we are and calls us to belong to Him because He loves us that much. And that ought to elicit awe and wonder, gratitude, peace and joy in us. And that's why we gather. The Christian church sings all around the world. Those that we pray for that are persecuted, they are singing and rejoicing that Jesus is Lord. Every bit as much as we who are in free society can do so. We do this through the hymns and the prayers, through the participation in the sacraments. Sometimes we do this simply in showing up as a defiance against the way of the world, against the way the world wants to beat you down. Jesus Christ is still Lord. He's reconciled us to God no matter what our successes and failures, no matter what your life circumstances look like today. And so Hannah got a son. God was good and faithful. Hooray! What about the thousands of Hannahs who never lived to see a son? Who remained barren? See, not every song is that triumphant and exuberant. Jesus himself sang a different kind of song in the Garden of Gethsemane on the eve of his own death. When kneeling... Praying with such intensity, his sweat became like blood dropping off of his forehead onto the ground. Saying, Lord, Father, if it's your will, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. There are psalms of lament, the book of lamentations. There are many songs in scripture that are yearning and crying out for God's redemption to yet come. And so I want to ask you this morning... What song are you singing this week? What song is resonating in your heart now? Is it a song of deep gratitude and thankfulness for the provision God has given you? Is it a song of faith that you feel connected to a bigger story and you trust that God's goodness holds you and has you where you are? 
Are you singing a song of love? That you're so filled with the love and goodness and peace of God that you share that with others and return it to Him? Or is your week, are you more like me? And you have a song of fear over the uncertainty in your own life circumstances or the uncertainty of the world around us and where things are going and what's going to happen. Do you live in fear that others will find you out, that you'll be exposed as a fraud, that your reputation might not be what it is? Do you, li- do you sing a song of shame that you've done it again? There you are, back again, the habits that you thought you had broken, the ways of relating that you thought you'd changed. Are you singing a song of anger? Are you grasping for control tight-fistedly in every place in your life just for a modicum of control? Because your life feels out of control. See, you might be up to your eyeballs and paperwork at the office. You might be so sick and tired and not want to ever change another diaper again. You may feel so left out and lonely and like no one cares. But Hannah's song reminds us that God does care. That He is there. I'm reminded of a a lyric from a song by a band called The Shins. It goes like this. I'm looking in on the good life I might be doomed never to find. If it seems like others have found a secret to life that you've always wanted, that however you define the good life, we all have desires and longings for things that we don't have in the here and now, things that we don't experience yet. That's the tension of living the already and not yet of the gospel. And perhaps on weeks like this, after hearing of terrorist attacks and there's unrest on college campuses during protests, the vulnerability leads us to a place where, as a friend of mine says, we live between the extremes of hope and despair. And the tenor of our existence depends on which way we lean. God sings a good song for us in Jesus. It's the song Hannah was singing, it's the song Mary sang, and it's the song we will be singing until the wedding supper of the Lamb. God doesn't withhold His very best from us, but gives His very self, His very presence to us by His Holy Spirit. He is with you. He gave His anointed one, as Hannah sings in verse 10. He gives strength to His King and exalts the power of His anointed. Jesus came that he might break the power of sin and death. He paradoxically gave it all away so that you and I might become inheritors of something greater and something better so that we can have that same song resonating with us and carrying us along. Because God promises that he will put the world to rights, that he will undo all that's broken and unjust and ugly and twisted and warped. Jesus stands saying, Behold, I make all things new. So let's lean in, friends. Let's tune our hearts to listen to Scripture. To hear Hannah's song, the song of redemption, of good news that's breaking forth into a world that's so littered with bad. And may we readily recognize and join in this song. To the glory of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.